Welcome to Sports 360 Podcast. Here we talk about issues in the wide world of sports, ranging from local issues from the Nigerian scene to global issues. And uh, we like to make it an all-sports affair. Sports 360, we can go anywhere, any sport. My name is DG Omoto Imbo. And I'm Adeyemi Adesoya. I am Akimbode Ogutui. We're back again with another episode of Sports 360 Podcast. Many thanks to all of you out there from across the world for listening in to the podcast. Today, we're going to start from home, and it's about NFF, and what I'll call, rightly or wrongly, NFS financial woes. Um, you know, we don't get... Football Federation. Nigerian Football Federation. NFF, Nigerian Football Federation. In thanks for that. In case you didn't know. You know, we hear a lot of talk about this money situation, a lot of times is debunked. A lot of times, um, we are not sure whether that was true or was not true. But a few times, it's been confirmed that the NFL actually owes a lot of money. The story now is that the coach of the Super Eagles, Gennadro, is owed six-month salary and that some of the players are owed allowances, not bonuses, allowances. dating back two years. And the issue is, people are saying, look, you keep criticizing this coach and these players. Um, why should you expect optimum, I mean, criticism of us now, those of us in the media, why should you expect optimum criticism from them, performance from them, when their financial obligations to them by the NFF are not paid up? You owe the coach. Maybe that's why the coach thinks he can say anything and get away with it and all of that. So, it's a very sensitive topic. Let's put the caveat out there that these are allegations. We hear that they are owed. Never has not come to debunk that they don't owe the coach six months. They've not come to debunk the allegation that they owe players two, 24 um, months uh, allowances, um, camp allowances and all of that. So, well, like we always like to say, when you don't give proper information, you allow room for speculation. So, that's on that note we start, buddy. <laughs> the man on the troublesome beat. <laughs> What's the issue? Is it a lack of funds? Is it a lack of, I don't know, impro- is it improper planning? You know these guys will be in camp. You know, I mean, we heard about a particular company is going to be paying General Ross exactly. wages and it's that's, not an issue for the NFF. What's going on? That, that, that's where I was going to start from, DG. Um, I, I was going to back up and say that um, when the issue of uh, of um, uh, employing the coach for the Super Eagles, every time it comes up, and there are always camps. Some are opinion on that, look, let's get the best coach that we can get, which will cost a lot of money. Mm. Some, are, some are like, let's find the foremost Nigerian coach, local. Mm. Of course, there are, there are, the arguments for and against. against that. Mm. And some come up with, oh, let's find a Nigerian abroad who has done a, a bit, which was, which was what we did with, with Sunday Olise. Uh, but, and, and, uh, uh, but then again, there are arguments for and against for that. So when General Troll was to be hired, of course, all these arguments came up again. Because the question was, was always that, how are we going to fund, apart from, apart from the, uh, um, the, the oft-repeated one, that when things go south, the foreign coach does packs his bags and takes uh, off. Yeah. I mean, we've had, we have yeah, we have um, um, instances instances of coaches going back to their country from tournaments, from tournaments yeah. not coming back up with the team and all that. 
when these arguments came up at that time, the president of the, of the NFF, Amadou Penik said, look, don't worry yourself about that. There's a company that will take care of the bills. And in fact, they boasted that, look, even before the coach was employed, we have paid three months, six months up front. It yeah. all is good. All is, all is mm. hunky-dory. Don't, don't worry about it. But another contract down the line, we're hearing different stories. First of the same company that was supposed to be paying the, 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 uh, the salary of the, of the coaches, it's, all, it's also supposed to be sponsoring the, the Federation Cup. Yeah. And we know, we, 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 are, we, we hear that the last two winners of the, of the tournament, they have not been paid their money for winning the trophy. That's on one side. Now, to, back, back, back to the coach. So here we are now. Um, also, let us know that the coach hired some people that is paying from his salary. From his salary, yeah. So both the coach and his assistants, they've not been paid. So the, big, the larger question is, why are we here? Why are we not hearing about it? We also know that sometimes the NFF, they, they, they try to politicize these things. Mm-hmm. They say, oh, we have outstanding monies from the ministry. It has been approved. Or, f- been, or from our sponsors. Or from our sponsors. But you know, like you always say, if there's no information, there will be speculation. There is speculation. Mm. And if the NFF comes and say, look, we are owning the coach because now it's it, it a certain making the rounds. That's it. World Cup qualifiers are coming around. You keep inviting players. You're owing them allowances. You're not paying the coach. I want them to come and give their best. And then if they will, they'll be tactically quiet. And then suddenly, when they pay something, they, they, they will come lash come out, out and everybody. Tell us. Mm. And then we'll hear their voices. But I feel that given everything we heard when Awaji became NFF president, I don't think we are calling him out enough on the promises he made and on the state of Nigerian football as it is now. Look, not paying the coach is just a tip of the iceberg. There's so many things wrong, but that's a top, topic for another day. Another day, yeah. But I, we feel that if, if you are owing the coach, you should manage your resources more and be open about it. Full let disclosure. Us know, exactly, let us know what is going on. What the situation is. And uh, Yemi, uh, <laughs> I know Yemi is chomping at the beats <laughs> to, to sink his teeth into this one. The issue has always been that, like I, I like to say, when you don't give information, um, you leave room for speculation. You've worked in financial circles. And I've always felt like, look, no matter how bad it is, if you come out and say, this is the situation, we are owing the coach, we are owing allowances, this is what, what, why it's happening, this is what we're trying to do about it. It's always better to come out and do that irrespective of the state of affairs, irrespective of the criticism you will get, than to keep quiet and allow all kinds of rumors and stories swirling around. And I also want to understand this. What is this? You have a better understanding of financial situations. What is this issue? Why is this thing happening? Is it a lack of funds? Is it mismanagement of resources? Why is it happening? Or is it lack of planning? Or is it lack of planning? Hmm. Uh, it's a lot of things. And um, and I'm going to go back a bit to what Bode said. Okay. Like it or not, Amadjipini doesn't give a rat's peep about the NFF at the moment or Nigerian football. It's in the FIFA Council. Why do you say that? It's obvious. Because 
It's, it's focused as shifted. It's focused as shifted. shifted. Like, like, somebody, like, like somebody said, it's earning a lot of money to, but I've been a member of that council. Yeah. yeah. So it's focused as shifted. So whatever it is we're saying, it's just about that. Well, he's still the NFF chairman. He's the NFF president. Yeah. But until, NFF president uh, until uh, the election after the World Cup, yeah. 2022. Now, like I said, it's a lot of things. One is planning. You know at the start of the year the number of matches you are going to play. You're supposed to have a budget at the start of the year. You know all the partners you have. You have an idea of how much money is coming to yeah. you. You should plan according to what you do. And then to. cut your cost. And close. cut your cost as much as possible. You know government will delay whatever Payments. supposed yeah. subventions you have. But your partners will most likely not delay. Because yeah, you have contracts that have different milestones. More often than not, they will meet their milestones. So you should plan accordingly. Two, poor administration. Poor administration in the sense that you're going into a, f- a football calendar not knowing, one, where you're going to play. Two, the logistics that will go to into the matches you're going to play. So, for instance, you're going to play a game in Benin and in a wimp, two weeks or they're about to be match, you have a hairbrain idea and say, we go by... By, by boats. Those are some of the problems because I can imagine the expense of putting together that trip by boats. Now, you didn't have that idea one year ago because you knew you were going to play that match oh, anyway. Yes. Oh, yes. So that's poor administration. Three, finances. Now, every couple that comes to NFF, I'm, I can ask, we are many in this studio that we are seven. Nobody can tell you anything. Mm. Mm. You have an oil company, you have a beverage company, you have a car company, you have a pharmaceutical company, you have a, an electronics company. These are partners of the of the NFF. But nobody here can tell me what how much the value of those sponsors. But we can do a small search and check the partners for South Africa, mm. maybe Egypt, England. You will mm. see the figure, some will accuse us and say it's our responsibility to to dig. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, they, they'll say it's our responsibility to dig that we, we, as people in the media, should find out. But is it not something that is made available that you'll be able to find? When they do as if it's something that they sworn an oath to to keep secret. <laughs> so that's where there's an issue. So if at the start of the year I know the NFF is going to earn a million dollars from sponsorship. We, as the media, can also help the NFL plan accordingly. Oh, yes. Look, you don't have to call up 31 players for <laughs> two friendly matches. Mm. Call up 15 foreign-based players. Don't call up the augmented, regular 20 or 23. Yeah, augment it with the few local that like, We know you probably will not use anyway, but you give them the experience as we, we continue to come up for. So these are some of the problems. And these things... Keep, and when you tell them this, they'll tell you, oh, we put out our audited finances. Well, I've been, mm. in, I've been in finance long enough to do that. Audited finances don't tell you anything. It's just a snapshot. It doesn't break it down. It doesn't deal down mm. to the nitty-gritty. Mm. And by the way, the last financials they put out was in, was it 2017? And we're in 2021. 2017 mm. 2021, mm. 2021. And we haven't seen anything since then. So, the problems are multifaceted. You know, I've always wondered why 
I've always wondered why these figures are shrouded in secrecy. I honestly don't understand that. If company A has sponsored you to the tune of 10 million naira, why not tell us company A has? Why do you say media should find out? At the announcement, you say this person is worth 10 naira over the next 10 years or five years or whatever. What's, what's so difficult in that? Because that's what leads room to people for people to say that some things are going on underhand. Why can't you just come out and say, but is going to pay $20 million over the next 10 years. I pray you'll be able to pay that kind of money. Amen. <laughs> and for sponsoring the Super Eagles, that's the amount. This is the breakdown. This is what his company will get. This is what we'll get and all of that. Why can't we do that? Because even, you know what the FIFA win for? They had to take, that's, that's, I think it was Bode. They had to take Bode coming on our radio show to say, Ghana has listed their own before yeah. our own disbursement yes. was yeah. listed. What's this secrecy about around the finances? Look, you, you just talked about um, about Ghana having four up till today. Mm. Up till today, I don't think Nigeria has been going to the World Cup. <laughs> I've never heard the NFF talk about receiving uh, the money due to the Super Eagles from the World Cup or yeah. to the NFF for the, for the World Cup and what they plan to do with it. I have never heard it. Yeah, and it is it is it is not hard to imagine that Nigeria. Then I think. When they went to the World Cup, mm. there are two of the countries that you hear rumblings after from the players that oh, they are, they are owners, ownersmen and all that. All the nations that are straightforward with their finances, you immediately see that this is the plan. This is what they plan to use the money for, and they never hear them talk about owing, 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 owing um, their managers. Danny Jordan, when he was when when South Africa were planning the 2010 yeah. the World yeah. Cup. He came to Lagos and said he was shocked. This was 11 years ago. That every time he hears that NFL, NFL books, it's always said, you have 200 million people. And out of that 200, at least, I can guess that 10, 15, 20, 40 million people like football. Out of those people, 3 or 4 million have the capacity to pay yearly to subscribe to the Super Eagles that look. And at the start of every year, if you have a good, a good, a good um, shared sponsorship deals and every member you pay 50,000 per annum and then you get you get a shirt, a mug, a face cap, a muffler. You get, you get different packages depending on how much you are willing to pay. And that is money coming in steady. Steadily. Before, before government subvention, before all sponsorship. all over the world. Both in dollars, in euros, in pounds. And it is true. It is so true. But for some reason, we have not gotten to that stage. Even the basic no. shirt sponsorship deal. <laughs> I'm sorry that yeah, I'm laughing. Stop, don't stop laughing. I'm sorry, laughing because you know I'm laughing. <laughs> if you go to the LFF website, if you scroll down to like the end of the page, there's actually a membership scheme there. But like I said, if you scroll down at the website to like the bottom of the page, that's where you see. That shows you how important mm, that membership scheme is. important I was attracted. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it brings to mind the question do we have creative marketing strategies? Hmm. The Super Eagles, let's even leave it, Super Eagles is a huge brand across the world. No, it's the only brand. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you, you know, but there are times you can use that main brand and it trickles down. No, you see, but, but, but even that, you know, wait, let me see, even that, we're not fully, fully exploiting the potentials of the Super Eagles. This is what I see. We sit down, we wait, we know, 
that's why they are always so fixated on qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah. You know, ah, we are going to the World Cup, government People, will come, we are yeah. going to the World Cup, sponsors wait for that, and all of that. On a regular basis, like Bodhi just said, what are they doing to have a steady stream of income? Residual income, you know, coming to the coffers instead of just always complaining. And then, when you say there's no money, the way the officials travel, the way... You don't get that impression that there's no money. Now, you were talking about we're having a friendly against Cameroon. I think it's a doubleheader. Yeah, yeah, Against Cameroon, if I'm not mistaken, or at least a friendly against Cameroon. And you are inviting 31 players for a friendly game for which, even if the friendly says we can allow seven, eight substitutes, less than 20 will get on the pitch. You are going to drop eight. Those eight, they're going to pay their allowances. They're going to pay their return tickets. For what reason? If a friendly look, they just, even not, not to know that sometimes the way we have hazardly jack up first, um, the first thing is that why, why are we paying so much money exactly people for represent allowance, the allowance, the, the bonuses we pay are probably one of the highest I in the world. That's one. The secondly, sometimes I, I, I can't remember which tournament it was. I, th- I think it was the Nations Cup when the team qualified for yeah. The semi-final. For the semi-final. And, and the NFL and president the came out said, and was oh, announcing bonuses. Doubling your... Come on! Guy, have you taken a look at your books? Yes. <laughs> and now, I remember that. Line, I remember that. The line, mm. You are saying, you, 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 can't, you can't pay the coach. Look, this this mentality of when you have money, you must spend it. <laughs> yeah. You must spend it. Money, money you can't use, you can't, you can't invest. I, I, I think, so, so, someone, maybe someone has told them, like, look, you can't invest NFL money because it's a... You must spend it to it. No, you know, you know, we have a, a problem when it comes to legacy. You know, we have a legacy problem. Legacy in the sense that if I'm NFL president today, it's not me thinking that, okay, if I'm going to be there minimum four years, because that's the minimum life. Let, let's right. have an 80, 80 or 10 year plan. So, so let so me like have a person so inherit. We don't think that way. No, we don't think that I've way. I've seen that across, across all our political lives, <laughs> yeah, even I've at seen, state government <laughs> and federal level. So I've seen I think Algeria, it's a Nigerian thing. I've seen Nigeria build two football centers in Algiers. I've seen Morocco do the same. I've seen Tunisia do the same. And I ask, how many World Cups have these guys been to? Ah. Compared to Nigeria, how many World Cups have they been to? They have not been to as many World Cups, but still, they are institutionalizing their football, they're developing their football, they have a long-term plan. The technical director, football technical director for Morocco, was from Wales. Or it's from Wales. Mm. Right? They have a plan. But we've been collecting this FIFA money. If, in fact, if there's one thing you have to prove, it's that FIFA money. That point you made about the football that being from being Welsh. Is when he was talking about the technical, um, sorry, the marketing department, it, it doesn't not, have to it, be. It, the it's, it's not a ministry job. It's, it's not, not a ministry, ministry job. Find someone who understands marketing. We, see, we conclude. No, but apparently there is a there is a marketing company. See, we conclude. There is, long, yeah, there. Are, I think there's been for a while. We, we conclude. There's a marketing we, company that supposed a long time ago. Yeah, that the marketing of our football is quite lazy. Mm. Lazy in the sense that, and, and you you have to understand one thing, and whether we like it or not. Our football associations have created a quagmire whereby we're going to get to a point where even qualification will not be enough to attract corporate Nigeria. Why? Ask yourself how much value you're getting 
and the corporate sponsors get him. In, if we are being sincere, and I'll give it, we've had this conversation many times. Yeah. One, just what the press conferences. Two, what where the players have been interviewed. Three, what promotions are you running? Four, how are you engaging the fans, these sponsors and the fans? So we're going to get to that point where corporate Nigeria that you are targeting because you have qualification will start saying, no, we're not interested. We're getting to that point. And you, you see, because it's already happening. Because going to 2018, you can't tell me that the number of corporate sponsors we oh, had yeah. between mm. 2014 yeah. and 2018, they reduced. You know, you guys have made a, I think you made the point. Since 1994, We've only missed one World one, Cup. 2006. That was 2006. So we've been at 94, 98, 2002, 2010, 2014, 2018. That's, I think, six World Cups. Goodness. And each of those World Cups, there was a FIFA win for. Yeah. Oh, yes. So the simple question is, where is the impact of all that FIFA Windfall that's, on that's, our football? That's 50, 55, $55 million dollars, give or take a few. Where, is, is, where, where is it? Where is it? Where have we seen it? Is it a center of excellence? None has been built. What has that money, how has that money impacted our football? Our football. And I struggle to see it. And that is a skating, skating indictment on all, all the present and the past yeah. officials of Nigerian football to say, maybe we'll do the figure one day, uh, come on here with the figure, that from 1998, 2002, 2006, 2014-2018 that we went to the World Cup and got huge financial windfall. Where is the money? How has it impacted Nigerian football? We struggle to see it. It's not that we are not seeing it in facilities. We're not seeing it in developmental programs. We're not seeing it in centers of excellence. Where is it? But it is keeping quiet. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, it, it, it gives me a headache when mm. I think about it. I, 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 I've been on social media groups where I've said, look, you know what? I'm tired of discussing Nigerian football because what you discussed, what you talked about in 2008, 2010. You're still talking about it. I'm still talking about it in 2021. I, I just mentioned that, well, scenario in 2009 when somebody said, how come you are struggling to pay your coaches? I'm yeah. just talking about it now. Meanwhile, every new, uh, uh, no, actually, I, I think Amadjupinik did more than most in boasting that he's going to make Nigerian football independent of Glo- government. Global money. best practices. And yet, here we are again. Well, um, it's unfortunate that we're talking about this uh, because we feel personally here, we feel that Nigerian football is big enough to be self-sustaining yes. financially without having these issues of we're owing coaches, we're owing allowances and all of that, without having to wait for government uh, like Jess or going cap in hand without having to wait for sponsors, there are lots of creative and uh, marketing creative strategies yes. you can involve. Even ordinary, if it's also, even the Jersey windfall that we had before 2018, how much know. of that money, we, ah. we were told 3 million jerseys were sold in a few hours. Was it that? Yeah, that's what it How said. much of that money came to the end? No, yeah, and I know. Hold on. Yeah, and I know. For, they didn't sell 3 million jerseys. First of all, but if they can't be sold it. <laughs> no, because it is out there. Mm. The highest selling jerseys is Germany. Even if you sold 300,000 jerseys. Hold on. See, where is the money? No, no. Before I get to where the money is, what is the value of the sponsorship? the value of the sponsorship? Uh, Let us get that first. That what, what's in the contract? I honestly don't understand. So even, so even if they are selling jerseys, who is getting the money? Money. money? Okay. Let's leave money and go to 
the proper administrative jobs they're supposed to be doing. From NFF, now we move to CAF. And a trend that I've seen that is worrisome. <laughs> and it looks like all our top officials in the top echelons of CAF, because we hear that um, somebody has went to CAF, a lot of Nigerians are there and all of that. And I think, this, uh, again, I'm indicting football administrators across West Africa, Nigeria inclusive. Because I've seen what is the trend that I see CAF's West Africa agenda. I do not understand what kind of draws you're making for African Women Championship next year. And you have a qualifying series that we, they, we were told draws were made. I don't think any draws were made. I think they yeah, had already decided... Like it's regional. You know, <laughs> uh, yes. And you have a situation where one of, from the way the draws were made, one of Uganda, Ethiopia, Kenya, and South Sudan will qualify for that Nations Cup. Without due respect to them. Without due respect to them. <laughs> in terms of pedigree in female football across Africa, women's football across Africa. And it's only one of Nigeria, Ghana, Niger, Cote d'Ivoire. Nigeria, Ghana, Niger, Cote d'Ivoire in the same... They, Nigeria will play Ghana. Niger will play Cote d'Ivoire. Exactly. The winner, the winner of these two times will play each other. So only so one of these four. So it's either Nigeria or Ghana or Cote d'Ivoire that will qualify. And only one... You know... And... I've never seen draws like this. Let me let me read some of the draws to you. I've never ever seen draws like this done anywhere in the world. M1 is Uganda against Ethiopia. M2 is Kenya versus South Sudan. M3 is Eritrea, Burundi. M4 is Djibouti, Rwanda. M5 is Malawi, Zimbabwe. M6 is Tanzania, Zimbabwe. What are you seeing? East Africa. No, you are seeing it's like neighbors being yeah. paired off together. Yeah. When we get to when we get further down, you see M18 is Mali, Guinea. M19 is Guinea-Bissau, Mauritania. M20 is Burkina Faso, um, Bene, I think. M21 is Nigeria, Ghana. Nigeria, Ghana. M22 is Niger, Cote d'Ivoire. And then the way the draws were made was like, West, M1 West, will play M2, M3 will play M4. So you have regionalized the draws such that only X teams will play from South Africa, uh, from West Africa, South Africa, North Africa. The North Africans were also grouped together. It is uh, Algeria playing Sudan, Egypt playing Tunisia. Where is the place of seedings? Where is the place of past records? You will have countries who have absolutely no pedigree as the Nations Cup, qualifying for that Nations Cup, and countries with pedigree will be eliminated. And then you expect that you will have quality sponsors. And across West Africa, administrators have seen the same thing happened at under 17 level. Actually, look, that, that's where I started from. It, it, was, it was supposed to be, um, first off, that's, I think that, that's one of the... Um, one of the agendas on which uh, the last um, Ahmad Abad. Uh, Ahmad Abad, that that was elected, and it's also it was supposed to be an age grade experiment. Okay, you know, even at that time there was there was an outcry because if Nigeria, you can, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire. If, if you look at, at the history of um, Africa at the under seventeen level, yeah, two of the most successful countries from this continent are Nigeria and, and Ghana. Ghana, and then they were grouped. In fact, within Wafu. Within Wafu, yes. They were grouped in the same place. So they have to knock themselves out. So only one of them could qualify. And, and that, it, it, it was clear that it was a plot That's what to, I suppress think. West, to suppress West African team. So it started from there. Now it has crept into women's football. Very soon. It's going to super. Oh, it's a matter of time. <laughs> Yemi's position. It's a matter of time. Which I'll let him defend now. <laughs> Yemi's position is that, look, Deji, you're just building your head. When these guys were going to get into these top echelons, <laughs> this was what they signed up for. 
the rest of Africa told them, okay, we'll put you in these positions. You must agree to these changes. Because his argument is, and he stands to reason that if you, they don't agree to these reasons, they won't fold their arms and what this happen. You see, first of all, let me say, CAF has been magnanimous to consider the traveling problems across Africa <laughs> by ensuring now that being neighbors play themselves. <laughs> you want to pour water on you. <laughs> but seriously, like it or not, the West African guys in CAF have sold their souls. Very simple. They sold their souls. Because how can you that's why they this? divided Wafu into different Wafu A, Wafu B, and then we started playing ourselves. It's, very, it's a very simple thing. Let's go into the records. At under 20 level, only one African country has won the World Cup at under 20 level, and it's Ghana. It's Ghana. Ghana. At under 17 level, the most successful team at under 17 level is Nigeria. Followed by? Followed by Ghana. Ghana. Now. At the, at the Olympic level. Let's only for Olympics. No, no. Let's go. Only two o- countries. Only two countries. You know, Nigeria Cameroon is and in Cameroon. between. Central Africa, it, it, it doesn't Africa. matter. It doesn't matter. Sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. yeah. Now, if we go to under 17 qualifying, right, for CAF Championship, before 1995, out of 15 qualified teams, only five were from outside West Africa. West Africa. So the meaning 10, West Africa. West Africa. And that's Egypt, Congo, Congo, Dia, Sudan, Tunisia. From 1995, only three countries from outside West Africa won that on that 17 Africa championship. Okay. And that's Egypt in 1997, Cameroon in 2003, and Cameroon in 2019. That's what's on that 17. After that 20, Nigeria dominates that one from the days of the Tesema Cup mm, and what mm, have you. Mm. If you go from 1981, North African teams at first held three. Then by 83, Nigeria came in. Won four in a row, dominating. By the time it went to 91 to 2007, only Ghana won twice. And the only other African, the only other teams outside West Africa were Egypt, and I put Cameroon because they're in between, Morocco and Angola. Now from 2003 to 2015, Egypt won twice, 2003 and 2013, Congo to Nigeria and Ghana won three and one. That's four. Then 2017, 2020, only Zambia outside West Africa won. It tells you one thing, like it or not, in age grade football, West Africa holds sway. sway. And so the only way to decimate them is to is let them cancel themselves. African, uh, the, the women champions we're talking about, 11 titles, nine Nigeria, Nigeria. two Equatorial Guinea. Yep, West Africa. And so, so it's so <laughs> obvious that the rest of Africa has said, okay, these guys are dominating. We can, they can even come up with the argument that uh, age grade, you guys are always cheating. I think everybody cheats anyway. Mm-hmm. You guys are always cheating and all of that. But at this women's level, it's not an eighth grade competition. Eh, but at the same you know? time. So how <laughs> what I don't understand is our so-called administrators are sitting there eh. allowing the rest of Africa to use your domination, which should be an advantage because yes. seeding, seeding is an established uh strategy in world football. At one cup level, at every level, seeding matters. But teams that are supposed to be seeded to avoid clashing in the early stages are being put together and they are sitting down there. They go to calf meetings. They are laughing I mean, and all of that. Because <laughs> what angered me about this, they told us draws were made. These are not draws. These are not draws. These are selections. <laughs> These are selections. You know the irony. You have Uganda, 
uh, Djibouti, Rwanda. They will qualify for the country and go and chop 11-0. You know, one of Uganda, Ethiopia, Kenya, South Sudan will qualify. Let me just narrate that. One of one of Eritrea, Burundi, Djibouti, and Rwanda will qualify. Mm. The purpose of draws for this tournament is mm-hmm. to keep big, to, 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 to keep big teams apart until the tournament. If, if I get to the tournament proper, you do draws. Let me even shock you. Let me even shock you. Is it not ironic that a competition that CAF is struggling to, find sponsors to get sponsors for. To get host, let me is let me that let, me, let me just assume. Let me try and do something now. Let me do an exercise of teams that might quite likely qualify. Twelve teams, I think. You might have Ethiopia, Burundi, Tanzania. From the way the draws are made, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, Botswana, um, Egypt, maybe Equatorial Guinea. Maybe Gabon, maybe all these names they have mentioned, and uh, from the withdrawals are made, they have not even mentioned the powerhouses. At all. So you might have a tournament of twelve teams that probably eight or nine of them are coming to this competition for the very first time, and the powerhouses of female football are nowhere to be found because Nigeria Ghana might defeat themselves, one of them, and then. They lose the next round. It's every coast. It's to possible. Every coast. It's I, very I, I, possible. Every coast kept Nigeria out of the Olympics. Yeah. And then also, I honestly don't understand how this can fly. <laughs> and our so-called administrative big wigs are up there saying they are in calf, they are in this, and they're that, and they're folding their arms, and nobody's saying anything. anything. It's ridiculous. It's really. outrageous. It's so that's so. It's outrageous. It's just that simple. They're in calf. They're in the FIFA Council. Representatives from from Africa to the FIFA Council are from where? West Africa. You know, when the draws were made, I expected, <laughs> maybe, I expected an simple. outrage. But then I realized these draws couldn't have been made if the agreements hadn't been, it, it hasn't yeah. been agreed across the table, yeah. across board. So what's your job when you go to the top table of either football in Africa or football at the FIFA level? What's your job? Represent the, represent the continent. Oh, represent the continent. But and if, they, even if you are representing the continent, it's your job to ensure that the best get, get out, out of the continent. Yeah. Because I've not seen where qualifiers are regionalized like this. It's only at the global level. Some teams will come from this continent, that continent, but within the continent, there's nothing like that. No. You see, it is. And even when it you now your... get the teams for the World Cup, when they are going to do the draws, based on past performance, yeah. FIFA will now keep seed the teams, they keep the big yes. teams together. They set them. Ports. They tell you their ports one, two, three, four, based on performance. Here we are putting teams that should be in port one or port, together <laughs> in, in the in the first qualifying round. Oh, yes. Either Nigeria or Ghana will be out. Of the African Women Championship, it's, it's the owners to develop your football rest in the country. Yes, not on calf. On calf, calf will provide the policy, yeah, exactly. the guidelines, whatever. But the onus is on you to develop your own football. Now, because you realize that you have limitations, you have now found a way to rise to the seat of calf. And that's okay. Now that I'm here, I think I can help myself and my country or my region. To scale up, look, I'm able to dampen. You know, you can have a, that ambition, but like they just been stressing, it's the job of the other people. Yes, to stand up and say no. To say no, it's not done like this. Look, if, even this development thing, FIFA ensures that all its member affiliates they get paid the same amount of money for development. It's up to you now to now develop it. And the way it is, it's a game of numbers. You can't expect Nigeria to play Benin Republic and not be there five or six because <laughs> we, are, we have uh, last time maybe fifty million uh, uh, f- females. So it, for, for every for, for every one player that Benek can find, 
Nigeria can fight 12 in the same position. <laughs> so the odds are that you beat them. And you, can, you cannot, you can't, use, you can't use politics to 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 to, to, to have a new ground. Yeah, it, it shouldn't happen. It, it should be your happen. talent and pedigree that it should give not. you the advantages. I don't understand because Sad. if we do it like this, then when we get to the World Cup, oh, yes. we can have Brazil, Argentina, Germany, and uh, the same it's in the same group. Which that, would never that, happen that, at the World Cup level. Never, that's why it should never happen. It would never happen. So watch out when they do the draws for the Super Eagles. You have Nigeria, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, and Senegal in the same group. No, like you guys said, <laughs> it started at under 17 level. It has crept into uh, the women's championship. They co- the, and it's coming up. Who, who, who knows? Up. Who knows? Who knows what they have signed up for? Uh, who knows that they have agreed to get to the girls? It brings me down to what I've always said. Honestly, the impression I get. All these so-called administrators across board, they are only in it for, for me, themselves. me, mm. me. Looks like it. Me, me, me. Because I don't understand how you can sit at CAF and this is being done. And you guys from across West Africa know that this is doing a huge disservice to development of your football that either Nigeria or Ghana will be out in the first in round. The first round. Of the African Women Championship, and you fold them, sit down, and it laugh about it, and sign off on it. Really, it should How not can it shouldn't happen? It should not happen. And but teams like, I, I, with all due respect to these teams, but when we're talking about pedigree, pedigree is pedigree. They don't have any pedigree in female football, but we want to hand it over to them. We want to have one of the things about sporting merit. That's why ESL endures such a huge backlash. Yes, you have to end your place. Yeah. It shouldn't be handed to you. We're handing it, it to handed to you by via politics. No. What? Um, it's not our job. It's not our job to highlight it. <laughs> yeah, you know, because you you, you know, I've, I'm yet to see where this is done anywhere in the world. Even in the Asia's and all of that, they're seeding. Oh, they yes. will always seed Australia or Japan. Oh, yeah. oh, they're definitely. seeding. Oh, definitely. and here we have just jettisoned the idea of seeding, and we have. So you, we said we made draw. you know what draws when we say you say draws draws mean that we put balls in a in a, 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 a basket a and take a chance. And they did These that, are man. not draws. They did please. That. They just no, put, no, they just on. put them regionally. No, no, no. Cavs should not tell us they didn't <laughs> do any draws. One of the basic things they didn't do any draws, draws for this. They just decided seed. how the plan matches were played. But one of the basic, basic elements, like, like I said earlier, when you are doing draws, you see it is seeding. It's seeding. And then we know that this pot, 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 and then you do not you cannot have. Come on, man. These are, not, are not, are not important. These are selections. And we are, we are about to see a whole lot of bloodshed in this, <laughs> in this, in this uh, government's, government's um, uh, Nations Cup And the crime here is that we say it directly to you guys. You sports and football illustrators at CAF level from West African countries, you have done a huge, huge disservice to West to African football. You have done a huge disservice of, by agreeing to this, what are this nonsense of allowing your teams to be playing against each other when they have the best record on the continent. If it was the other way around, they would never agree like, to this like, for you. They would, they would ne- never. Hey! If, like, if, if like. it was the North Africans or the East Africans that are dominating African football, you cannot bring this kind of thing to their table never. and they'll take it from you. They will never. But you are sitting down there, you are enjoying all the perks of being in CAF and you are allowing this kind of thing to happen. I honestly say this, shame on you. But is it not interesting, is it not interesting that at CAF, Club level, they haven't implemented this. Of course, they because, because, because not everyone is win. Are you going to put explosives and allies to face each other? Exactly. Never. Exactly. 
I say it once again, you guys, shame on you. Well, we move from there to a controversial topic that is building. The Olympics. There's a debate going on, especially in the host country, <laughs> and is it, there is a groundswell of opinion against Tokyo hosting these Olympics. It's gathering momentum, and the way it's going, there just might be an announcement in the offing. Um, local opposition to the Olympics held, holding in Japan is growing. A, an online petition has garnered 350,000 signatures. Wow. And most importantly, a couple of big-time Olympic sponsors, Toyota, a big-time sponsor, Toyota sponsors, Rakuten, who sponsors Barcelona, who are housed in Japan, have come out to say they can do not see how these Olympics can hold. Hmm. A little research shows that some people have wondered why hasn't Japan cancelled the Olympics. The research shows that it's only the IOC from the contractual agreements that can cancel the Olympics. And the IOC force majeure may force them to cancel in terms of safety of the athletes and all of that, which COVID-19 has presents them the opportunity to say there's no safety. The lives of our athletes are threatened and all that. But the IOC, of course, are very, very reluctant to cancel. Basically, we think because of finance. The Olympics were cancelled in 2020, led to a lot of losses. And I'm sure the insurance companies are hoping it won't be cancelled because <laughs> the, yeah. the insurance payout. But yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, why is there a reluctance? Despite the growing local opposition to the Olympics, hmm. why is there a reluctance to cancel this from a business perspective? First of all, the only time the Olympics uh, were cancelled during the World Wars. World Wars. Mm. World 1960, World. 1940, and 1944. So, now, from a financial perspective, it's going to be crazy. Humongous. Why? As it is, Japan has already spent additional expenses of about 2.3 billion, 2.7 billion dollars due to the cancellation, due to from, the cancellation last from last year mm. to now. Now, for the Olympics as a whole, the expense that Japan has spent, you know, in wanting to host is about $22.3 billion. So you can't expect any country to want all that money to go to down just the go down. Fine. A lot of the investment has gone into infrastructure, which obviously will have a lifespan longer than, you know, that will last long, long after the Olympics. But, there are certain projections that the state must have made with that expense being paid, being made. So, interestingly, this Olympics, in the history of the Olympics, this Olympics has the highest number of local partners. Okay. Between, I think, uh, 40 to 50 local partners. And I'm talking local sponsors, sponsors. for the, the highest in the history of the Olympics. Which has gotten, I think, about $3 billion in sponsorship money locally. Imagine what that's going to do to the economy of Tokyo if those uh, partners can't display their wares, put out their service, the number of people that they've probably projected that they will employ, mm. the number of jobs that will be lost. So, overall, it is humongous. And that's why there's a huge reluctance. Okay. So, you've said one. I also, because of the amount of money that they've also contributed, 
understand that the IOC as of today spends about $3.4 million daily on athletes and sports organizations around the world mm. as stopgap measures for the cancellation for the last one okay. year. So imagine how much IOC has spent. Imagine how much Tokyo as a city has spent. Imagine how much the Japanese government themselves has spent. Now, look at the effect on employment that could happen to the state and the city. So, what about the revenues that IOC are supposed to claim? That's billions of dollars. And of course, you have the insurance companies palming in one corner and saying, please, <laughs> don't cancel. We have no plans of, of wanting to pay that money. <laughs> billions in payout. Billions in payout. So, that's why there's a reluctance. And that's just from the financial perspective. perspective. Are, okay. You know. Let, let me stop you there, buddy. Already, the Olympics are hampered. Oh, yes. Because there won't be crowds. Exactly. Japan's rising, COVID numbers means that a lot of restrictions are placed. Even those of us in the media were being told there won't be forget about forget it. about it. There won't be visitors, and that's the joy. You you've been to you were in Japan yeah. the last time they hosted the World Cup. That was two thousand and two when they co-hosted, yeah. and the joy of the Olympics is this sea of humanity that you see across the venues, people of all shapes and sizes of all backgrounds. The Olympics already lost that. Now we are faced with this. So, my question to you is that with the kind of Olympics we are about to host, which is seriously hampered by there's going to be a lack of atmosphere. But from the athlete's perspective, if this has to be cancelled, maybe that's another consideration. How damaging would it be for them and some of them, their careers? First off, um, you and I know that um, because football is a uh, I know the argument is that hey, we have we have started football and tennis without without yeah, crowd. crowd. Mm. But these are these are events that take that 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 unfold over over time. Mm. Football is ninety minutes. A lot, um, uh, tennis could take as long as two hours, three hours. For some athletic events, hundred meters, hundred meters, long Ten jump, seconds. triple jump, and the athletes they feed off. The crowd, the atmosphere, that already has been knocked off. Let me digress a bit, Deji, and go a bit political here. Um, I thought the COVID vaccine was meant to do something. Mm. Why not say that? Look, if you're coming to, if you know you're coming to the to the Olympics, two things: you must be COVID-free and get vaccinated, and then you can come. Because if that is done, look, I, I don't think it makes any sense. I, I heard everything that Yemi said. They spent a lot of money. The effort has gone to uh, so much, insurance and all that. And it's correct. You can't spend all, all that money and tell me again that it's cancelled. Come on. It's not fair and it's not right. But can't we look at some ways of getting... Solutions. Solutions, yes. In some countries now, we have, we have seen, for instance, we, we, just, we, just, we just witnessed um, 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 the, the English FA Cup final. Mm. There, were, there were people at Wembley. It was yeah. the full house. But limited number, control yeah. number. Why can't we have control number of people, either Japanese or foreigners? Even the lockdown, the, 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 the lockdown in Japan. If this vaccine is really working, why not say, okay, you know what? Already, I, I hear people talking about uh, about the vaccine passport. If, if if you have your vaccine, you have a card. A card is given to everyone who has been taking the vaccine. Have it with your, with your passport, and you can travel. There must be something that can be done. 
all this talk of, talk, talk of cancellation, I can't see how it benefits sports in any way. And for mm-hmm. me, the Olympics, like you said, it's all about people. I know, I, I know the number of friends I made during that uh, World Cup. Some of them are still my friends till today. Till today. From Cameroon, from, uh, from, from, uh, from Hong Kong, from Japan itself. And th- that's, that, that's the joy that's the of joy. these sporting, of sporting events. When people from all around the world, when they come together. And remember the, the carnival uh, in, in front of the, uh, of the, uh, of the um, Oita Stadium. The day um, Senegal played, uh, played, uh, played uh, Sweden. Mm. It was amazing. Senegalese, uh, uh, Swedish, uh, um, uh, Japanese, all that. Even I was, that was Nigerian, you know, and all of us had fun. That is the joy of this sporting event. So, no crowd, cancellation. They've got to find a way to solve this problem. They've got to. But they just made a suggestion that, okay, some have said that, look, this pandemic is not likely to go away anytime soon. We've got to find a way to, to manage leave. it. So, so, so the NBA going to a bubble. And they managed it successfully. We didn't have any major incidents there. We've seen a lot of other sports. A whole football season has ended or is ending. We've had a number of cases, but compared to the total number of players, you can say the percentage is like less than 1% of players who are actually contracted. Oh, yeah. And what the organizers are saying is that this is going to be a bubble. We are putting these athletes in a controlled environment. But when there's so much local hostility <laughs> against the games, when there's been placard carrying protesters all over, springing up all over the country in Japan, that becomes a tough situation to manage. Because it now becomes a situation where, like we've seen with some <laughs> stadiums in England, what if they start picketing venues and threatening officials and all of that? That is a, a different level entirely. But like when they say, can it be said, okay, all these athletes are vaccinated, they are COVID-free, they are coming into a bubble, we just need to get this done, that our local economy is going to lose billions of dollars if we don't get this done. Is there a way to be persuasive about this and get the medical checks in place to make it happen? And uh, uh, swage the fears of the local populace? There's a way. Mm. But do they have the will to explore the, the ways, the necessary ways um, you have a people who are disheartened. They're not happy with, you know, the way the whole COVID thing has turned out. And we've been handled by their government. And, yes, we've been handled, especially the vaccination rollout. Um, you also have a school of thought that will tell you why you giving preferential treatment to because of and commercial when there are people, the local people can't have access to the vaccine for whatever reason because of different stipulations or what have you. So it's that will to exercise the solutions that are available that is the problem. So it's going to be extremely difficult to get to a point where like what I said, the Olympics is about people. And when the host people are not willing to have you come, to have you come it's, it's, it's a huge consideration that needs to be taken to say, look, really Maybe we need to show this. At the point it was muted and maybe they just move it to Paris, which is supposed to be 2024. Just move it to Paris and maybe just switch. Okay. And give Tokyo and about immediately the IOC said, no, there's no way that's going to happen. Tokyo so already. Paris, it, you can't prepare for the Olympics in, in, in one year. So, um, so the, the Tokyo has ended and they should host, but unless 
and unfortunately we're in May. We're just less than less than um, six to eight weeks out of the Olympics time, unless they do a rollout that is out of this world. Mm. Only that. I, I foresee that it might just be maybe postponed for another year. Compelled. No, there, I don't think there will be any postponement. If they don't hold it this time, I, don't, I think that's the end of it. I, I honestly think... It'll be tough. It'll honestly, be tough that's to the do that. But, but what do you say to the school of thought that says, okay, we have this pandemic, but we must find a way to continue to live our lives. Because this pandemic will probably not go away. I know that in Japan, I think I read somewhere that the rollout has been very poor. Only 1% of the population has been vaccinated. So the locals are saying, you have not handled this pandemic very well. And you are bringing people to probably come and exacerbate the situation. But, like you said, if, I think it's a major distrust between the local populace and the government, and the then government, their government. Yes. You know, and the IOC is caught in the it's, middle of that. Yes. Mm. I agree with you. And that, that, that's why I said earlier that, look, all over the world, governments are finding ways to manage, manage the situation. Um, I know, for instance, that um, uh, Canada is locked up until May, 20, May 21st. Mm-hmm. People can't, can't come in. The Americans are saying, and even in England, where, apart from, uh, apart from the United States, where, where they also have a lot of bad cases, they have said by June 21, they stopped wearing masks because they did some things. Why can't we extend the same guidelines to, to do those who want to go and witness the Olympics? It's simple. It's simple. Just ensure that the fo- people follow these guidelines and let them come and, and limit it. Don't make it zero fan attendance, zero media attendance. Mm. They are, you, you could look, the, the world has always found, found a way and the will to make things work when we are, when, 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 when we are in agreement and, we, and when, when we want to make it work. I just cited the example of, 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 of the last FA Cup final where, where we had crowd crowds at Remedy. Can you imagine that in that same England where there was a lockdown? Less than three months ago, where nobody could have, no, no, where there are policemen, where there are jackboots on the on the, on every street street corner to ensure people don't visit their friends in mm, the next house. Mm. And then and suddenly now there are people at the stadium. I have a friend who in England whose uh, son had a child. He didn't see the boy for he didn't see the grandson for almost a year. And this same place now they are so for almost a year. Like you said, I th- they are they are they are they are just caught caught between uh, uh between the the Japanese people and and, and his government. Uh, for instance, if the if the rollout has you know, only only one percent return since the vaccination that's started, that that's really really poor, really really poor. That's almost a part. Nigeria is like zero point seven nine percent. But we, we don't have the same we don't have the same numbers that they yeah, have. Yeah, so that's exactly. crazy. So so it's, so I mean, what do you think is going to be the way forward here? Because it, it seems to me that IOC are hell bent on pushing this through, and I don't and I see the opposition. I don't see the opposition. Sorry, uh, receding. Quickly. And like you said, we are just about eight, ten weeks away from the Olympics, which starts in August. So how do you see this? How is this going to end? It'll be difficult to find the middle ground. Mm. Very difficult to find the middle ground. I, 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 I really wish I could be a fly on, on the wall in the IOC's uh, office at the moment. But I just think that with the way it's going, unless they do something about the rollout, as much as cover as much ground as possible, then the Olympics will hold. But aside that, I don't think it's good. And when you have anymore. corporate bodies, buddy, Toyota, at least Toyota and Rakuten, when you have corporate giants coming out to, to speak against uh, the games, that resonates very strongly. Yes, it does. Because yes, it I does. think Toyota are Olympic sponsors. So if they are also saying one or two things, it resonates very strongly. And I think that might be the tipping point. 
It is actually. Uh, but see, um, um, uh, the IOC and the Japanese government, government they, they've got to figure out something to say quickly. Yeah. Um, the, the, the date for the for the opening ceremony of the Olympic, Olympics is fast approaching. Um, a lot of nations have gone to top gear um, and getting preparing. Ready, preparing to travel and, and, and play the Olympics. It has largely been accepted that, look, fans will not come in. If that's the way they have to go, because for, and for me, if you are saying fans will not come in, we have agreed that that takes a, that takes a lot out of the Olympic experience, mm. but at least it gets it out of the way if that's what you want to do. They've got to make up, make up their minds quickly and calm, uh, calm the minds because you can't now wait until a month to, to, to open yeah. and say, you know what? We have changed our mind. We are not doing it again. And then, you know, Yami, the, the thing is also that the fact that of the event. across the world, we've seen sporting events managed. Yeah. And we like to see that, we like to say that Japanese uh, are very, very effective managers. So I think this can be managed because the, the, the countries are coming into a bubble. There's no local population coming to welcome them and all of that. They can come into that bubble and then do the games and all of that. But I'm just seriously worried about the, the level of local opposition to this. And, and it's a major worry. It's a major worry for them. I think we shouldn't confuse a single tournaments, mm. single sporting events to multi-sport. To multi-sport because we're even hearing that, you're right, we're even hearing that some of the other host towns are already saying, don't yeah. come here. So you really can't blame them. And yes, it's good to look at it from the fact that, okay, you had the French Open, the Rome Open just played, uh, the FA Cup happened. So it's going to be tough. Well, it's up in the air. We honestly don't know what's going to happen with the Olympic Games, whether it will be cancelled, whether it will hold right now. The answer is blowing in the wind. But one thing is for sure, we have come to the end of the latest episode of Sports 360 Podcast. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your week. We'll be back with you next week.